1: The makers of Johnson's Wax products for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, Lee Benaderet, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. The music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. <laughs> Are you in the middle of spring cleaning or have you finished? Well, either way, I have a special message for you tonight about protective housekeeping. That's an extremely important subject because it offers you a chance to have a cleaner, lovelier home all year round and to save work and money as well. Here's what I mean by protective housekeeping. Instead of keeping your floors, furniture, and woodwork clean by constant scrubbing, you protect them with a tough coat of Johnson's Wax. This shining coat of wax not only adds a rich polish to wood, It also wards off scratches and dirt, makes cleaning and dusting easier throughout the year, and simplifies spring cleaning. Dust and dirt cannot cling to a hard, smooth Johnson waxed surface. Fingerprints are quickly wiped away, and the luster is restored. And when you consider that Johnson's Wax has a hundred extra labor-saving uses, surely you'll agree that protective housekeeping with Johnson's Wax is well worth a try. peace, and quiet in the McGee household at 79 Wistful Vista. No problems, no trouble, no discussions. In fact, nobody's home. So let's go out on the sidewalk and watch for Fibber McGee and Molly. Are
2: we almost home, Molly? Well, that's a silly question, dearie. Don't you know your own neighborhood?
3: Yeah, but I can't see over this pile of groceries.
2: (laughs) Courage, dearie. We're almost there. Chin up.
3: What do you mean, chin up? These bundles up under my throat, I haven't had my head so far back since I wish I could think of a gag about how far I had my head back.
2: <laughs> All right, pet. Take three steps and then turn right. Yeah. We're home. Oh, for goodness sakes, look who's sitting on our front steps.
3: Who, that guy from the finance company again? I told that
4: so-and-so I'd pay him. No, soon-
2: no, no. It's merely trivia. Oh. Hello there, Your Honor. Hello,
4: Molly. Good day, McGee. Let me help you set those packages down. Yeah. There we are.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Thanks, Trivia.
4: I haven't had such a load since a...
3: Wow. <laughs>
2: Pardon me?
3: I started to say I haven't had such a load since Liz Hawkins spiked the lemonade at the parent-teacher's party <laughs> in
5: 1929. <laughs> <laughs> Almost threw me. <laughs> yes,
2: yeah, sure. I Been waiting long, Mr. Mayor? <laughs> We'd have been home sooner, but himself had got his foot caught in the car tracks at 14th and Oak. It was a toss-up whether he'd come home in his socks or get run over.
4: How did you get loose, McGee? Fortunately, I got
3: sideswiped by a laundry truck. All the groceries flew into the air, and there I was.
2: Holding the bag. (laughs) Did you want to see us about something, Mr. Mayor?
4: Yes, I did. A political situation has arisen in which I would like to ask McGee's help. Well, boy, you sure come to the right place.
2: You certainly did. This is where he lives.
3: Just name it, LaTrive. I've often said that I'm one of the shrewdest political minds in this state. I unseated Governor Brorby in 1937, you know, single handed.
4: How did you do that, McGee? He was riding in the park, and I waved a newspaper at his horse.
2: <laughs> ah, the power of the press.
4: I'm afraid this problem is not quite so simple, McGee. Do you know Councilman Zindelprang? You mean F. Parker Zindelprang?
3: What's he done now? Handed his brother in law another paving contract? <laughs> That high binder has built sidewalks so far out in the country now, you could roller skate from here to Kansas City.
2: Personally, I always thought Councilman Zindelprang was a good man, Mr. Mayor. I heard him speak one-fourth of July, and he spoke very highly of the American flag. Uh,
4: Well, at least Councilman Zindelprang has shown a great talent for finance. On a salary of $4,500 a year, he scrimped together enough to buy a country estate, a yacht, five cars, and a string of racehorses. Honestly? I rather doubt it. (laughs) However, the situation which has come up is this. Mr. Zindelprang is leaving town. Good. We needed a purse snatcher like him around here, like Lake Erie needs rain. But what's your problem, Mr. Simply this. His leaving town creates a vacancy on the city council.
2: His membership on it was very little more than a vacancy.
4: Exactly. Now, the man we want to fill this interim appointment must be a man of integrity and character and have a majority support of the other council members. My personal choice is Clay Morgan. Clay Morgan, that cheap ward healer, that stogie-peddling,
3: back-slapping, ballot-stuffing chiseler, why that guy has taken so much, so much hush money he has to whisper his bank
4: deposits. <laughs> you have Morgan all wrong, McGee. He's a well-educated, a thoroughgoing gentleman and has a splendid reputation. Not with me he hasn't.
2: Now, McGee, just because he blackballed you at a lodge meeting way back in
4: 1927... Ah, so that's it. That's it.
5: <laughs>
4: well, if you don't want to lend your support, McGee, it's all right. But the only other man mentioned for the vacancy was such a non-entity that I felt sure you'd get behind Morgan for me. But trivia, I'm too
3: big a man to let a personal matter come before the good of our city. What do you want me to do, kid?
2: A little campaigning, Mr. Mayor? If so, himself here's just the man for the job. He licked so many envelopes in the last election, everything he ate for months tasted like mucilage.
4: (laughs) Uh, Now, this must be a quiet campaign, McGee. All we have to do is get people to ask their own councilman to support Clay Morgan. Can I depend on you? One hundred percent, old man. Clay Morgan is as good as
3: appointed as of now, and I know whereof I speak. I've been dabbling in politics since I was a mere boy. People never realized my power because I had such a childish face. Baby Kisser McGee, I was known as in them days.
5: Ah, oh, dear.
3: Baby Kisser McGee, the battling bantam of the ballot box, boisterous, brainy, and brilliant, balling the but junior out of button brain, bosses beating the bloomers off, bickering bilbos, bulldozing big-mouth bureaucrats, bleating the biggest bromides, a big shot, cut out or watch the groceries. store. Have you got your foot in the butter?
1: Billy <laughs> Mills and the Orchestra, the King's Men, and Atlanta, T.A.,
6: I miss her more and more each day. I'm getting ready for a wedding.
3: Them councilmen are going to co-crawl onto Clay Morgan on their little fat hands and knees and beg him to be on the council. And I hope he'll remember it when I get to be governor.
2: Heavenly days. Are you uh, seriously considering running for governor, dearie?
3: Yeah, but just as a stepping stone to higher things. My ultimate goal is being ambassador to Havana. Why? Better cigars.
2: <laughs> but
3: that's for the future. I got to get busy. Hand me the phone again, will you?
2: I shudder to think what our phone bill will be this month. You've made more calls than a brush salesman with a hungry family of 12.
3: <laughs> I'm conducting this campaign in a dignified way.
2: Yes, you are. <laughs>
3: Too dignified.
2: <laughs>
3: I think if we get a higher type of man into public office, there'll be less graft. And with less graft, things won't get, get done so fast. That's giving more work to more people. <laughs> Hand me the phone.
2: <laughs> Here, Hannigan. Thanks.
3: Hello, Operator. Give me Al's Barbershop at 14th and... Oh, is that you, Mert? Oh, dear. How's every little thing, Mert? There eh? What say, Mert? You what? Got some real nylon holes.
2: Oh, ask her where and what sizes are available, McGee.
3: Where'd you get it and what size, Mert? Oh.
2: What'd she say?
3: At Doc Schellenberger's hardware store, and it only comes in one size, 25 feet, including the nozzle.
2: <laughs>
3: what say, Mert? Okay, thanks.
2: I'd have this phone taken out if it wasn't so hard to
5: get another
3: one. Hello, Al's (laughs) Barbershop? Hi, Al. It's Fiverr McGee speaking. How's the old clip joint doing, Al? (laughs) Yes, well. Look, kid, here's an inside tip. The city council is considering a new tax on barbershops, you see. And if we can get Clay Morgan on the city council, he'll kill it. Yeah. Contact your own councilman and have him plug for Morgan. Okay, Al. Don't mention it, boy. I'll see you in July for my next haircut.
2: <laughs> What's all this bread pudding about a tax on barber shops? I hadn't heard about that.
3: Neither did anybody else. But there's nothing like a barber as a political agent. Nobody's going to argue with a guy who's hanging over his throat with a razor. <laughs> you see, my theory is. Come
7: I... in. Oh, it's Mrs. Carstairs. Hello, Millicent. Good day, my dear. How do you do, Mr. McGee? Oh, good heavens, you look busy with all those pencils and that pile of papers.
3: In the middle of a political campaign, Karsty, one of the city councilmen is leaving town.
7: Yes, I know, Mr. Zindelprang. Right. I understand he's been dipping into the pork barrel so long, he couldn't shake hands without grunting.
3: (laughs) You said it, kiddo. He's as crooked as Harry Lauder's cane. He's... the man we want for the new councilman is Clay Morgan.
2: Himself here is campaigning for Mr. Morgan, Millicent. And believe me, any man that my husband gets behind is way ahead. <laughs>
3: you betcha. Now, look, Carsty, your husband's being a big, big man in public utilities. His word ought to swing a little weight, you see. Tell him that if he'll throw his influence behind Clay Morgan, I won't open my trap about that income tax deal of his in 1942. Favor for a favor, that's the way I work.
7: Mr. McGee, that sounds suspiciously like blackmail.
3: Never mind now, never mind. You just tell your husband what I says, Carsey, that's all.
7: I will, Mr. McGee, although I'm sure I don't know what you're talking about. Which makes it practically unanimous.
3: (laughs) Just tell him that's all. Income tax,
7: 1943. You
3: said 1942. He'll know. I ain't the kind of a run-down heel that would try to collect a percentage from the Treasury Department for turning a guy in, too, either. All I want from him is his support for Clay Morgan.
7: Well, I shall tell him exactly what you said, Mr. McGee. And if I may say so, I think you are definitely cut out for a political career. Do you really think so, Millicent? I do indeed. He has the head of a statesman.
3: You really think so, Karsty?
7: I really do, Mr. McGee. You have the type of head that should be stamped on... uh... A coin? Uh, No, my dear, just stamped on. Good day.
5: (laughs)
2: That was dirty politics. What do you know about Mr. Carstairs' income tax? <laughs>
3: not a thing, baby, not a thing.
2: Well, then what good will it do for her to mention it to him?
3: <laughs> Don't be knave, my dear.
2: <laughs>
3: to any guy in a tax bracket like his, all you got to do is say internal revenue, and he starts shaking like a wet spaniel.
2: Even if he's innocent?
3: Particularly if he's innocent. An innocent guy has got so much respect for the government, it scares him to death. It's the black market big shots that laugh it off.
2: Well, I don't believe it. The government was very fair with you when you tried to claim a deduction for being the sole support of the elk's pool table. (laughs) Because you were always tearing the cloth.
3: Oh, they're fair enough, but a guy like Carstairs... Hello, folks.
2: Hello there, Mr. Wilcox. Hi,
3: Junior. I want to talk to you, son
1: you got any influence with the city hall mob? Well, I know a few of the boys, yes. And if it's about that campaign of yours to get people to take the, take the keys out of their cars, <laughs> no. I hear <laughs> Don't you start doing
6: anything.
5: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
2: no. No, no, Mr. Wilcox. It has nothing to do with that.
1: Well, well anyway, <laughs> the campaign is going wonderfully. Juvenile car stealing is down 50%, and the police department is issuing summonses to people who leave their cars with the key in the ignition.
2: Yes, we know. McGee got one.
1: (laughs) He did? When, pal? Last Wednesday. I was
3: in a hurry and forgot. Left my car outside the careful driver's club with the key in it. (laughs) What were you in such a hurry for?
2: Well, he was late, and he had to make a speech about not leaving car keys in the ignition.
3: (laughs) Sure taught me a lesson, Junior. Now I tie a string onto the ignition key and the other end on my cuff links.
2: So far, he's torn the sleeves out of five shirts. (laughs) And lost seven pairs of cuff buttons.
3: But I get the key out, though. (laughs) Anyway, Junior, that ain't the campaign I want to discuss. You hear about Councilman Zindelprang leaving town?
1: Yeah, great little character. What about him, pal?
3: Well, the council has got to appoint a guy to replace him, you see. Couple of fellas are being
1: considered, but the man we want in there is Clay Morgan. Oh, yes, Morgan's a good man. He's from Racine, Wisconsin, you know. No kidding, Junior. You know him from there, do you? Oh, quite well. In fact, when I first started selling Johnson's self polishing glowcoat.
2: Selling what, Mr. Wilcox?
1: Johnson's self polishing glowcoat. I spell it. G-L-O, trapeze, C O A T.
2: Don't you mean hyphen?
1: Oh, I call it trapeze because thereby hangs a tail. <laughs> <laughs> you see. <laughs> You see, Johnson's glow coat... Excuse me for interrupting, Junior, but uh, what does this glow coat do? Are you kidding? (laughs) Yes. I thought so. Why, you know as well as I do that it's the standard beauty treatment for lomolibum... lolo... I mean, you just pour a little out, spread it around, and in 20 minutes or less it dries to a glittering protective finish. Eliminates old-fashioned scrubbing and makes footprints and spill things easy to wipe off. Off what? Off your kitchen (laughs) libold. Minole You know. That floor covering the Johnson's no rubbing, no buffing, low coat restores the beauty to and gives it that easy to clean sparkle.
2: You mean linoleum?
1: That's what I said. You said what? What Molly said. (laughs)
2: Linoleum.
1: Certainly.
3: Look, waxy. (laughs) (laughs) I'll make you a dill. A deal? deal <laughs> <A bill> yet?
5: <laughs>
3: okay, pal, a deal it's You pass the word to your friends on the city council to back Clay Morgan, and I won't snitch to Racine about you not being able to pronounce
1: that word. You mean linoleum? Yeah. It's a deal, pal. See you later.
2: <clears throat> McGee, did you hear him? He said it. He said what? Linoleum. Or... <laughs> linoleum. Well, anyway, he said it was a deal.
5: <laughs>
2: you think Mr. Morgan will get the appointment, dear? With
3: me behind him, Snooky, he can't miss. It's a lucky thing for him that Latrivia begged me to organize this campaign. Lucky for our city, too. My gosh, we might have missed... I'll get it. Better let me. Might be Harry Truman wanting me to handle his next campaign. <laughs> Clay Morgan for Councilman Headquarters. Campaign Manager McGee speaking. Huh? Who? Oh, hi, Latrivia. Huh? Oh, sure. Oh, sure, if you want me to. No, I won't have to write it out. I'll speak extemporary erroneous. Yeah. <laughs> okay, boy, just relax. I'll be there. Be where? City Hall. The Tribune wants me to give a short speech to the council in favor of Clay Morgan.
2: May I go with you? You know, I'd like to get one good look at the characters who decided that 45 minutes was time enough to park and try to buy new bed linen. If men only knew, come in.
8: Hello, folks.
2: Ah, oh, hello there, Mr. Whipple. <laughs>
3: What's the matter with you, Wimp? You look
8: kind of cast down. I was, Mr. McGee. Down the front steps. I had a little argument with Sweetie Face. Sweetie Face, it's my big old wife. Must
2: have been pretty humiliating to be thrown down your own front steps, Mr. Wimple.
8: Yes. I'm pretty blue about it.
2: You are, huh?
8: Yes. And black, too.
2: By the way, Mr. Wimple, uh, do you know Clay Morgan?
8: Oh, indeed I do, Mrs. McGee. He's a fine man If I ever have a son, I hope he grows up to be just like Clay Morgan You know, wealthy <laughs>
3: well, I'm glad you like him, Wimple I'm handling his campaign to get him onto the city council, you see So, as soon as you can, you get in touch with anybody you know in the city hall and give him a plug, okay?
8: Oh, I'll be very happy to, Mr. McGee In fact, I'll go down to the city hall personally I don't dare go home for a while anyway
2: Why not, Mr. Wimple?
8: Oh, Sweetie Face is really on the warpath today, Mrs. McGee She's just livid You see, we were going to take a hike through the woods And Sweetie Face put on a new pair of tights to go walking in
2: What do you mean, tights? Don't you mean slacks, Mr.
8: Wimple? (laughs) They may be slacks on some women, Mrs. McGee But on Sweetie Face, they're tight (laughs) Anyway, she asked me how they looked and I said, very ship-shaped forgetting that her father had been captain of a tugboat and (laughs) she knew what shape a ship
5: was. (laughs) Oh,
8: I paid for that remark, believe me. Is your wife at home now, Wimp? Yes, up on the roof.
2: What on earth is she doing up on the roof?
8: Oh, she climbed up to fix the radio aerial and some thoughtless person took the ladder away.
2: Well, who would do a thing like that?
8: (laughs) I wonder. (laughs) Well, I'll do what I can for Mr. Morgan, Mr. McGee. Goodbye now.
1: <laughs> the Kingsmen sing Harriet. yippee ki
6: yippee ki yippee ki you want to meet the gal who runs the Rio Grande. Every buckaroo is up to win her hand. For her They the reason why, all oh, the cowhands want to marry Harriet, Harriet's handy with the lariat, she don't year and keep a dozen fellers on the run. Cause Harriet doesn't want to marry it. She's
2: having too much fun. Oh my, this is the first time I've been in the city hall for a long time, McGee. Who are all those people standing around the corridors?
3: My dear girl, that is one of the great mysteries of every city hall in the country. There's one scientific theory that there are people who are left over from watching the excavating when the building was built. Another theory is that, oh, hi, Doc. Hello. Hey, Molly, here's Doc Gamble.
2: Hello there, Dr. Gamble. <laughs> Hello,
9: Molly. Hello, String Saver. What brings you two honest taxpayers down into this marble palace of greed and corruption? That's a fine
3: way for the city health commissioner to talk, Duckfoot. Are you inferring that the present administration
9: is
2: crooked? Personally, I don't believe it. Not with Mayor Latrivian's in office.
9: You're perfectly right, my dear. I was just joking, with my usual bad taste. Hmm. Whistful Vista has about the cleanest government of any city in the country. The mayor is painfully honest. The commissioners are a splendid body of men, and I should know, being one of them. Oh. And the city council are, with one exception, beyond reproach. We know who you mean, too, Zindelprang.
2: But he's moving out of town, Doctor.
9: He certainly is. We have arranged to have his baggage searched at the airport to be sure he doesn't walk off of the Oak Street Bridge or some playground equipment.
2: You know who McGee is campaigning for to take over the vacancy in the council, Doctor?
9: Well, I naturally suppose... Well, you can stop supposing,
3: Pill Roller. I'm handling the Clay Morgan campaign.
9: You? Me. How did it happen that the mayor picked you to handle the situation, Willow? When it comes to politics, you're wetter than a handkerchief at a showing of sentimental journey.
2: I think he's done very well with this campaign, Doctor. He's lined up everybody with influence in town, just about.
3: Yes, sir. For your information, Capsule Happy, I'm practically the Jim Farley of Wistful Vista.
9: When it comes to politics, nobody can hold a candle to me. Too bad. Seems like a wonderful idea. Well, I've got to get upstairs and wrangle with the sewer, Commissioner.
2: Matter of public health, Doctor?
9: No, a matter of 97 cents he owes me for gin rummy. See you later, Molly. So long, fancy pants.
2: Isn't it about time you're doing the council chamber, McGee?
3: Yeah. Where's that extemporary erroneous speech I wrote out? Oh, here it is. Now, let me see. Gentlemen of the council, I am here on the behalf...
2: Not on the behalf, dearie. I am here on behalf.
3: But you're not here on anybody's behalf. I'm here on the behalf.
2: That's not the point. You don't say the behalf. Just behalf.
3: Just behalf what?
2: Kiffin. (laughs) Go on with the speech.
3: Gentlemen, at a time of political crisis, like this here one, I mean, like this one here, it behooves us all. And so, in conclusion, gentlemen of the council, I say appoint Clay Morgan, a man of the people, a man who has the best interests of the public at heart, a man who has a splendid record of Bing Crosby singing Don't Fence Me...
2: No, no, McGee, no. No, no.
3: What was it, White Christmas? No, no. (laughs) Oh, oh, I mean a splendid record of civic accomplishments. Gentlemen,
4: Clay Morgan is that man. I thank you.
5: I agree. I agree with
4: Thank you, Mr. McGee. Now, if you and your wife will be so kind as to step out into the corridor, the council will take an immediate vote. You betcha, you, kid. Take your time. Come on. Morgan.
2: Oh, <clears throat> that was a very convincing speech, McGee. You made Clay Morgan sound like a combination of Daniel Boone, Abraham Lincoln, Henry Kaiser, and Santa Claus.
1: <laughs>
4: betcha, when I throw my influence behind a man, I always... Well, McGee, it's all set. Morgan got the appointment, and I want he... to tell you...
3: He. He he did? We. We. Well, my gosh. (laughs) Well, say, that's pretty good when a guy can walk into politics and turn the city hall upside down like I did. (laughs) Beat the opposition and once well poop. (laughs) Hey, uh, who was the opposition, anyhow, Latriv?
4: Why, I thought you knew, McGee.
3: No. Who was the guy we beat? You. (laughs) (laughs) Me?
2: I. (laughs) You mean I was campaigning against myself all this time? Oh, hey, hey, ain't that marvelous, Molly? What's marvelous about it?
3: I put on such a powerhouse campaign for Morgan, I never would have had a chance to win myself. Oh, boy, what a manager. What a politician. Now, look, Latrivia. Next time you run for mayor, here's what we'll do. I'll,
4: I'll, I'll, I'll...
2: Oh, this is wonderful. <laughs>
1: think of car polishing as a hard job? If so, you'd be surprised how many women write in to say they think nothing of polishing a car all by themselves these days. Of course, these ladies have discovered Johnson's Car New, the wonderful wax-fortified liquid car cleaner that's so easy to use. You men will appreciate Car New, too, because it eliminates hard rubbing. As a matter of fact, Johnson's Car New does two jobs at once. It cleans and polishes in one application. You simply apply it, rubbing only hard enough to loosen the grime. Then you let it dry to a white powder. When you wipe off this powder, road dirt and dullness go right along with it. And you get the surprise of your life. The finish really sparkles. And your whole car looks like new again. Why don't you try Car New? You not only have a shining car you'll be proud to drive, but you maintain your car's trade-in value. Carnew is spelled C-A-R-N-U, Johnson's Car New. <laughs>
3: sure glad I got Clay Morgan onto the city council, Molly. You know why? No, why? Because Morgan is president of the Bar Association. Now I can pop into any joint in town, grab a handful of pretzels, and nobody can say a word.
2: The Bar Association, dearie, is an organization of lawyers.
3: What? It is? You sure? Oh, well, I don't care much for pretzels anyway. Good night.
2: Good night, all. <laughs>
1: This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.
0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corrient.